Am I on? Am I on? There I'm on. I'm on. There we go. I walked the line or something like that. Uh, Romans, if you would, those of you who brought a Bible, open your Bible to the book of Romans chapter 8. If you didn't bring your Bible, get out your phone and Google Romans chapter 8. We're going to spend a little time here. My desire this afternoon is to be an encouragement. How many of y'all need encouragement? Awesome. Good. That's what I'm coming with. How many of y'all watch the news? I don't even have cable and I can watch the news. Uh, how many of y'all read the newspapers and read articles about what's going on in our current events? How many of y'all really enjoy what you see? Pretty good stuff, right? Country's going in the bright direction right down that narrow way, right? We got the guys, all the guys in, in office that we, we need to have in office who really value the Bible and... I'm being facetious here. What news are you reading? Yeah, not, not, the, not, not any real news. It's kind of rough being a Christian, isn't it? Because we, when you get saved, you get a more accurate view of the world. You understand uh, the context of what is taking place around us, that this world is under the curse, and that because of the curse, nothing is really going to get better until Jesus comes back. I mean, we, we love to, you know, rub it in people's face and say, oh man, uh, God's going to win. Well, yeah, but it gets a little hairy between, you know, before that. It gets kind of rough on earth. And so uh, I think for many of us, we maybe we feel down. Maybe we might see the, the, the destruction, the carnage, the, the immoral, uh, immorality around us. And we feel defeated. Well, Paul, I will say, faced quite a lot of more opposition than any of us have ever faced. But Paul was a guy who was charged up and ready to charge the world with God's word. He was ready to preach. He was ready to reach the world. And he wrote some very encouraging words for us in Romans chapter 8. Verse 28, one of the most misused Bible verses in ever, <laughs> says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. The title of my sermon is Who Can Save Us? And I'm going to tell you, I believe we find it here, the answer here in Romans chapter 8. And the first answer to this is that God is working for us. Amen. I mean, this is, there's a reason why this is a treasured verse, why people uh, memorize it and they put it on their wall, because it's a verse of comfort. But it's a misused verse, as I said. This verse is not saying that all things are good. Bad things are bad, if you didn't know that. Uh, we have a friend of ours who, uh, who went on a, on a business luncheon with her company, and they ate at Olive Garden, and she ordered steak, and the steak 
uh, she ordered was supposed to be medium uh, rare. Is that right? Yeah, medium rare. And she got it, and it was well done. And it was really salty. And probably what she realized now, because she had to go to the hospital for food poisoning, is, is that it was bad meat, and they were trying to cover their tracks a little bit. Hey, bad stuff is bad. <laughs> bad things are bad. They're not good. Isaiah uh, 5.20, Isaiah wrote, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil, that put darkness for light and light for darkness, that put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Bad things are bad and they stay bad. It's also not saying that all things will work out and end up good. I think that's how most people want to interpret this. They want to go, well, I'm going through a rough time, but we know all things work together for good to those who love God. And, and they want to say, okay, well, this is bad right now, but it's going to work out for good. That's not necessarily true. Things that are bad do not necessarily turn out good. This is evidence. Uh, you know, parents will see this. If you, if you don't parent your children, if you don't love them and direct them and guide them into what is right and what is wrong and tell, show them how to live their life and treat people with respect, you know what? They're not going to turn out good on their own. Flesh is going to dominate, and we're going to end up with a lot of the kids we have and the adults that we have now in this world right now. It's also not saying that um, uh, uh, um, for those who love God, only good things will happen. That'd be a nice way to look at that, wouldn't it? Hey, I love God. Only good things should happen to me. No. Paul would definitely be able to tell you, no, sorry, man, that didn't work out that way. Believers are not insulated against bad things. I mean, we could talk at length about Paul's uh, uh, oppression and the, the difficulties he faced, but the reality is, is you know, that's, that's not what this is saying. It's not saying all things are good, all things that will work out and end up good, or, or for those who love, uh, love God, only, things, only good things will happen. What it's saying is God is working. He's working. He's actually working. When you're reading the news and you're reading these articles and you're reading about all the events that are taking place, God is actually working in that world. He's working in that world. We can see it uh, if he's, that he shows us. Uh, we can see that he is showing us how vulnerable we are. We see that. We can see how that uh, we are not in control. God is in control. No matter how much we uh, try to get the people to the polls, God is going to stay in control. And it's not up to us to be able to fix all this. We need to do our part. You understand what I mean, I hope. Uh, but we're not going to change everything in our own power. God is in control. We can even see how uh, in our very divided world, people can be brought together in times of crisis. Uh, I think that has, I, I, one of the most prevalent times in my own personal history was during 9-11. A very polarized world at the time. And a president that nobody had a lot of confidence in. And suddenly... Everything changed because of a crisis. Uh, people who uh, even really don't live like they believed in God, even if they said it on a, on a marginal basis, suddenly were gathering together to worship. God can bring us together. He's working in this world. Um, he's showing us that the world, that this world is not the best, but there's a better one coming. Um, verse uh, 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 verse, um, I'm sorry, verse 29, I lost my place. For whom he did foreknow, he did also predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn of many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called, and whom he called, them he also justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified. Um, 
You know, whenever, uh, whenever we're looking at all these things, he's talking about in verse 28, he says all things. What he's talking about is all, this, all the stuff that he'd been talking about before. In verse 18, he, he refers back to sufferings. In verse 20, he talks about vanity. In verse 21, he talks about the bondage of corruption. In verse 22, he says this world groaneth and travaileth in pain. And that picture is like the picture of a woman who's giving birth. She's in travailing. She's, in, she's groaning. I mean, it's a, it's a painful issue. He's referring to all of those things. Even though all of those things are going like that, they're all pointing towards good, not material good, but the good that's revealed in those verses we just read in verse 29 and 30. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Also who he did predestinate, them he called, uh, them also he called, and whom he called, them also he justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified. God not only is, uh, is working for us, God has an eternal plan for us. Uh, he has an eternal plan for us. The part of this plan, he's got it laid out right in these two verses. He, the first part is for us to be conformed to the image of his son, Jesus Christ. We're to be sanctified. And the purpose we are called to, uh, this is the purpose we are called to in verse 28. He wants us to be sanctified into a true disciple. Such a true disciple that we begin to be like Jesus. Jesus was, what was Jesus like? What does it look like to be like Jesus? I'll try to boil it down in some simple terms here, but to be like Jesus, Jesus was dependent on the Father. He was completely dependent upon the Father, serving only the will of his Father through the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, we often like to look at Jesus and see the miracles that he performs, but it's easy if we're reading too quickly or we're not paying too close of attention, it's easy to miss the fact that Jesus was depending on God and the Holy Spirit to perform those miracles. Uh, there was not, I, I don't believe that there was light shooting from his fingers and, and, and he was doing these things in his own flesh. He was depending on, on a holy God to do that. He was the example for us, okay? Uh, not that we're going to be healing people and raising them from the dead, but he was completely dependent on the Father, and that is something we absolutely can do. He also found his identity. Jesus found his identity, his worth, his significance, his joy, his purpose. He found all of that of himself in his Father. We can do the same thing. Jesus gave himself away to others. Hey, if you want to look like Jesus, this is what Jesus looks like. If you want to be like Jesus, this is what he's like. Jesus gave himself away to others so that they might know his father. It was his desire that all should be saved. We're to be like this as true disciples. So we're to be conformed to the image of the son, to be like Jesus. We're also to be justified in Christ. So much so that in verse 33... I love this. He says, who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. It's declared that no one can lay a charge to us because God's mind is already made up. Those of whom he's justified, he's, not, he's no longer trying to judge whether they're good enough or not. If you've been justified by the blood of Jesus Christ, he's no longer trying to work out uh, whether you're going to be saved or not. His mind is made up. Uh, he wants us to be conformed. He wants us to be justified in Christ and then for us to be glorified in eternity. This is, 
This is God's eternal plan for you and me, glorified in eternity. That's what it says back there in verse 30. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them also he called, and whom he called, them also he justified, and whom he justified, them also he glorified. We're to be glorified in eternity. How is that going to happen? Through Jesus. Through Jesus. We have hope that all of this suffering is passing away, and one day we'll be supplanted uh, all, this, all, this, uh, all this suffering will be supplanted by God's glorifying of all creation. That's going to be a good day. It's going to be the day where Jesus uh, sits with us and we share the, uh, the bread and the cup of the uh, fruit of the vine together. Uh, look at verse 18. Uh, verse, uh, verse 18 of this, own, of this passage, he says, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy of to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. I told you I'm going to try to encourage you. That ought to be enough right there. I think we could stop right there, but I'm not going to stop. I'm all hopped up on Romans, okay? Think about what he's saying. He's saying, I reckon, I I realize that all the sufferings, this is Paul talking. Think about the sufferings of Paul. I, I couldn't list them all right here for you, but he's, he's been beaten. He's tried, people have tried to murder him. They've been accusing him. And every, he's been cast out of every synagogue. He's, he's, uh, uh, he's been cast into the sea and seemingly maybe abandoned by God. And if he was fleshly enough to imagine that, he, he's suffered tremendously. For what? For the cause of Christ. But what he says is, I reckon that the sufferings of this present time, this, all the sufferings of my lifetime, Will not even worthy to be compa- are not even worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Man, you think it's bad? You're going to forget about how bad it is. If someday it's going to be so good, you won't even remember how bad it was. You won't even care because your life is going to be so much better in eternity. And we have a hope that all this suffering is passing away and one day it'll be replaced by God's glorifying of all creation. So we see God is working for us. We said that God has a good and eternal plan for us and all that God is doing and has done to save us is, my third point, is found to be secure in Christ. And this is kind of the climax of this passage. And... uh, 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 the first, really the climax of the first half of Romans. And this passage answers the problem of sin, the problem of suffering, and it's the answer to the groanings of this world. Paul then, he asks in this passage, he, he asks five questions, and we'll look at them, and I'll try to be quick to, so y'all can stay awake for them, okay? Verse 31, what shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? <laughs> Listen, this verse is not saying that you're not going to face opposition. It's saying that none of these opposing powers will ever truly conquer us. They will never truly conquer God. Cancer might win. Illness might win. The government censorship may someday prevail. But ultimately, the victory is in God. God is for us. So so what does it matter that we face opposition? So what? Big deal. God wins and us with him. We win too. He will save the church and he will save the believer. We win. Uh, Then he says in verse 32, he doesn't stop. 
I mean, he's just going to gush a little bit, or I'm going to gush. Verse 32 said, he that spared not his own son. Oh, man, think about this. But delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Listen, he's not talking here about material things or wealth or even good health. God has not called us all to be millionaires, secure in our mansions from all peril. Uh, God is speaking about something much greater, of much greater value than worldly things. He's, he's given us Christ. He's given his own son. Therefore, there is no limit to God's generosity towards us. Amen. Man, uh, uh, the third question of verse 33 who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elected is God that justifieth. Man, there's no shortage of persecution on the church. There's no, it's way, way worse than it is in other places of the world than it is here. I can tell you that. It is, we are very blessed here that, that we don't face a lot of tremendous amount of persecution. It could come, no doubt, but, but we're very blessed to not really experience a lot of that openly. It's also no mistake that Satan has described in Revelations 12.10 as him who accused them before our God day and night. We have an accuser. We have someone who wants to destroy us. We also see Satan in the book of Job as Job's accuser, but also he had some help. Uh, he had Job's wife and he had Job's friends. But uh, he had unbelievers, he had society, even the government at times has charged the church with many of the problems in today's world. Yet we have no need to fear or to be intimidated because it is God that justifies. <laughs> As we said earlier, God has made up his mind about those of us who are in Christ. We are saved. We will not face judgment. Our victory is in him. It is secure. Who is he? Verse 34. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the hand, the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Man, even greater assurance is that we have an advocate on our side. It is Christ that died, and he's making intercession for us. It, it is incredible for me to imagine Christ uttering my name before the throne of God. But I believe he does. He does it for you. He does it for Northwest Baptist Church of Houston, Texas at 1710 West 34th Street. I don't know if he has to say all that. Probably the father just knows what he's talking about. Okay? But he mentions us. He's, he is advocating actively for us. He took the condemnation for us. He paid the price. And now... He's interceding at the right hand of the Father for us. Look at verse 35. Man, who then shall separate us from the love of Christ? Amen. Paul lists some possibilities. He said, shall tribulation or troubles? No. Shall distress or, or hardships? No. Or persecution? What, what about famine? Famine might separate us. No. Nakedness? Well, it'd be poverty. Does poverty separate us from the love of Christ? No. Danger? Peril? No. The sword? Listen, do you think if someone comes in here by force to, to, to stop our church, whether it be a government entity or someone else, do you think they can stop us? No. No. It cannot separate us from the love of Christ. Not even death or life. Uh, it says, for... For it is written, for, for thy sake all are, uh, uh, we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. No. He, he even goes further. 
He says principalities or powers, things in the present, things in the future, height, depth. And let's just read through this verse. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I'm persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any creature shall be able. He just says, you know what? In case there's something I've missed, there's nothing else from the top to the bottom and any creature you can imagine. None of of it shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. This isn't, again, a list of things that cannot assail us, that we cannot experience, but it is a list of things through which Christ, we are more than conquerors. What's the conclusion here? If you needed encouragement, just remember this part. Nothing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. Nothing. I talked about at the beginning how when you watch the news, it's not always happy. In fact, I'd say rarely is it good news. But you know, my hope is not in the White House. Not even for the guy I might vote for in the next election. My hope is not in our Congress, men and women. My hope is not even in the Constitution of the United States, and I think it's a wonderful document so long as they don't mar it up too much. My hope isn't in my bank account or in my ability to work. My hope is in Christ. And it is secure. I don't know if you needed to hear that today. I did. Because it's easy to feel down about the circumstances of life. But we know that God wins in the end, and we with him. Father, I thank you for your word. Lord, I praise you for Paul and his ability to write and to write these truths in his own words that reflect your nature and character and your plan for us. Amen. I praise you for preserving those words of encouragement, and I just ask you to continue to Help us to encourage one another. Lord, I pray that while we may walk out of here with some good feelings and feeling a little uh, encouraged, Lord, help us to feel encouraged to do something for you. Uh, Lord, we're not just to feel good in our own. This is not uh, for our own just happiness and well-being. Lord, in reality, our life is to be serving you, glorifying you, and showing you to this world. And God, I pray you just help us to do that. Help us to be emboldened by what we've learned today in your word. God, I pray you be with our church. Thank you for adding to her today. Thank you for blessing this church. Help us to continue to serve you. Help us to continue to hold, hold uh, faithfully to the, to the word of truth. Lord, help us to rightly divide it and to, uh, and to let it shine, not just in, inside these walls, but as we go where we go. Lord, we love you and we praise you. Christ's name I pray. Amen.